Good morning, everybody. What a beautiful day that God has given us to come to this house and worship. So why don't we do just that uh, together? Let's stand and worship if you're able, or just take a comfortable position. Uh, We're going to open our service with a song. This is Because He Lives. Hopefully you know it, so sing it nice and loud and proud. Let's sing it all together this morning. Sent his son, they called him Jesus. He came to us, he left forgiveness, he lived and died to buy my pardon. Savior because he Seven days because he lives. 
If you're glad he lives this morning, say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Because he lives, we can gather here with a smile on our face and joy in our hearts, regardless of what the circumstance may seem around you, my God is bigger than the circumstance. Amen. And because that, I don't have to focus on the circumstance. I can focus on him. What What an incredible praise we have this morning that we can gather together freely and openly worshiping a God that loved us enough that he chose to come and die in our stead but he didn't stop there three days later he arose and because he lives we can have joy say amen this morning amen hallelujah Hallelujah. It's good seeing everybody this morning. As you can tell, there's a little different setup up here this morning. There's a, we're in for an incredible treat in just a little bit. As much as I love our praise team, it's great that God gives other musicians different talents. And it's just wonderful that we can praise the Lord in so many different ways. And I'm looking forward to that. But let's go to Lord in prayer right now as well. Father God, I do come before you right now to thank you for this opportunity we have. Thank you for the praise team behind me that leads us to sing and, and recognize such messages that, like such as that you live still to this day and you abide within our hearts. God, I pray that if there's someone here today that does not know you, if there's someone that has not surrendered their heart to you, that does not, for whatever reason, bowed that knee and allowed you to become Lord of their life. May that change today. Whether it be through a song, through the special guests that are here, through the word that is shared, a hug, a handshake, I don't know. But they, may they still hear that still small voice before it's too late. God, I lay this service at your feet. May you look down from glory and say and be able to point down that those are my children worshiping in my house in Sutherland Springs. God, may your name be lifted up. May your name be glorified. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. And everybody says, amen. amen. It's good seeing you this morning. Walk around just a second. Shake somebody's hand. Give them a hug. But just let them know it's good to see them in God's house this morning. Thank you. 
Amen, amen. Well, as you get back to your seats this morning, we do have uh, quite a few announcements I want to share with you guys. You may have saw in your bulletin the multicolored papers, the pink one and the blue one. This is, this is the men's and ladies' retreat that's coming up in May. The men are having their fishing retreat and the women are having their spa retreat that weekend. The thing I want to announce, make sure you give Brother Ray or myself to let us know that you're going. But two, as I announced last week, I've got four individuals that, that just can't go, that can't afford it financially. If you would like to help scholarship some individuals, or if you need a scholarship, I'm, I'm keeping a list. So please get with me so I can put your name on that list, and as scholarships come in, we can uh, make that happen. But I don't want anyone not to go because of finances. Therefore, I'd like to extend that invitation to you to, to get with me if you would like to help scholarship a, ma- a man or a woman to go to this uh, fellowship and this retreat that will be coming up in May. Also, too, in, if you looked out on the front desk, if you have your email, if you signed up for the newsletter from the emails, you, you've got your new uh, newsletter. But I wanted to point out two things out of the newsletter this morning. Inside of it, one of which was why church security. But a lot of folks don't realize we do have a safety response team here. And, one of the, and it's kind of an explanation of our safety response team. One of the things here is to provide an atmosphere and reality of safety and security to the congregation, members, visitors, children, volunteers, and staff without compromising the core mission of sharing the gospel and providing an atmosphere of comfort, refuge, worship, and learning. That's the purpose of our safety response team. Now, that being said, our safety response team, some people, when I travel around and speak, they say, so everybody's carrying a sidearm at your church? No. No. There is a lot of people on the safety response team you may not realize that are there. We have nurses. We have people who are watching cameras. we got people stationed at our children's check-in station. We have different positions that need to be filled. Now, I was talking with the head of our safety response team this morning. Because those positions and being volunteer, sometimes it's hard to fill all those positions every Thursday and Sunday. So I want to encourage, extend an invitation to you. If you feel as though you can go through the background investigation and God's laid it on your heart to go and be a part of that safety response team, I want to encourage you to get with Evan uh, Bonesteel or myself, and I'll point you to Evan Bonesteel. But the I want to get you to, if, if God's laid it on your heart, you may say, I can't make it every Sunday or I can't make it every Thursday. It's, at least he'll have a pool to reach from if you would like to be there and God's called you into that. And you may say, well, I, I don't have a side armor. Okay. We can put you here, we can put you there's many different positions, and we wanted to extend that invitation to try to increase the pool that we have in our safety response team. But you do got, is a very thorough background check that the state, uh, the Department of Public Safety will do, and uh, you need to get through that, and, and, and then there's a 90-day period with Evan that we watch and do things as well. But if you're interested, please get with Evan on that. Also, too, immediately following the service today is a vacation Bible school meeting. It may seem, well, it's still winter. Yeah, right, in South Texas. But anyway, (laughs) it's coming up close. It'll be here sooner than you know. And Sherry's put together a video and some things that she wants to share with you. So please, right after the service, if you feel like you are called to be a part of the vacation Bible school team in one fashion or another, you may not be able to make it the week of, but you want to do some artistic things prior to, Whatever it may be, please come over to the meeting immediately following the service. And then on the front page of the newsletter, join us for our Super Bowl party. 
We're going to be here all day today. You're welcome to come. We're, people are bringing soup, chili, finger food, sandwiches. We're just going to have a great day of games and fellowship on the grounds all day. We will have the football game playing in one of the rooms. If you would like to come and watch the football game, or if you want to play board games out in the fellowship hall, we have chosen years ago to make this day just an all-day-on-the-grounds fellowship, and you don't have to hide at home to watch the football game. You can come out with your Christian brothers and sisters and have a great place to watch the game as well. So we're going to be here all day today. Everyone's encouraged to stay. If you're visiting with us today, that please come on out. There's always plenty of food. I usually go home incredibly miserable about 10 o'clock on this day every year. There's lots of food. So I want to encourage you to come and, and be a part of that. Did I miss something? Oh, new uh, the Tuesday night ladies Bible study has been on hold uh, throughout the winter. It starts again this Tuesday night. So ladies, if you can't make the, the morning Bible study, we have an evening Bible study as well Tuesday nights, and that's starting up this week. And I think, I think that's all of them. If I missed something, it was Shane's fault. <laughs> that's twice today, brother. Amen. It's good seeing everybody this morning. Brother Stormy, come on up. I'm going to. thunder. <laughs> Father God, I do lift up my brother to you. And God, as he shares with us what you've laid on his heart, may we not hear stormy, but may we hear you. May you open our hearts and our ears to what it is the scripture is that you've laid on him. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Pastor. We're going to be reading today out of uh, the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 4, verse 4 through 6. I'm going to give you a Reader's Digest version of what happened before that and a Reader's Digest version of what happened after that. <clears throat> the, uh, but if you're here and you'd rather be right here in God's house with God's people than in the nicest critical care unit in the nicest hospital in San Antonio, say amen. Amen. Good. <clears throat> the, uh, as I said, I'm going to read out of the King James Version, but if you don't have a real Bible, just uh, use whatever version you happen to have. I'm going to read off my phone because the font's quite a bit bigger than the one in my Bible. Now, Reader's Digest version of what happened before verse 4. They had lined up the Philistines and the Israelis. The Philistines actually won the toss. They chose to go on offense. Israelites set up their goalpost over by Ebenezer. And at halftime, the score was the Philistines had killed 6,000 of the Israelites. Now, there's two things you have to do when you have a problem. You have to, first of all, properly deduce what the problem is, which they did. And the second thing is that you have to find the correct solution for that problem. And now the, uh, we're going to start reading in verse 4. <clears throat> so the people sent to Shiloh that they might bring forth hence the ark of the covenant of the Lord of hosts, which dwelleth between the cherubims and the two sons of Eli, Hotni and Phanenus, were there with the ark of the covenant of God. And when the ark 
of the covenant came into the camp, all of Israel shouted with a great shout so that the earth began to ring again. And the Philistines heard the noise and shout. They said, What meaneth the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews? And they understood that the ark of the Lord was coming to the camp. They made a proper deduction. They deduced that their problem was not a military problem. Their problem was a spiritual problem. How did their, was their solution? They sent for the ark, brought it in, and they, everybody's like, yeah! And did it, the, were the Philistines scared? You bet. They said, man, this is the God that brought all those plagues on Egypt, and now he's in their camp. Did it work? No. This time, they not only kicked the snot out of them, they killed 30,000 of them including those two knotheads, Hopney and Faninus, which you can read about later. Now, they taking the ark. Oh, yeah. But wait, there's more. They took the ark of the covenant, the most precious thing in all of Israel. You see, the problem was a spiritual problem, their solution. That ark contained the Ten Commandments, and those Ten Commandments were to be lived, not carried into battle as a magic totem. This contains instructions for us to live by. It's not a magic talisman that we can put on the dashboard of our car to protect us from accidents and speeding tickets. The promises that are in here are to be hid in our heart, not spewed forth out of our mouth like magical incantations like we're Harry Potter or Monty Granger. The little crosses that some of us wear around our necks Those are witnesses to other people and reminders to ourselves who we serve. They're not lucky charms to protect us from vampires and other evil spirits. When we come in this beautiful house that God's provided for us, we need to come not just with our bodies, but with our hearts. Because religious relics, religious ritual, and religious rhetoric won't save us. Only relationship with Jesus Christ will do that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, and thank you for all the tools that you've given us to help us to serve you and to worship you. But let us always remember that we don't do those things to be saved. We do those things because we're saved through faith in your son, Jesus Christ, and the blood he shed on Calvary. And it's in his name we ask it. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Though you've already been preached to, i got to turn too, just so you know. <laughs> Amen. Good job, Stormy. Thank you for that word. That one, what a powerful word it is. We are in for a blessing this morning. We have folks here that drove, I think they said 90 miles, to come and share the talents that God has given them with us. So I want to present to you this morning someone who's came not just to play, but she shared with me this morning that they came to also pay their respects and to say thank you for allowing them to come and and worship with us where God has moved. And what an incredible thing I told them. No, it is our presence to be able to say thank you for coming and sharing with us. Amen? So welcome to Mary Bells as they come up this morning. You're on your host.
Father God, I lift up these ladies to you right now and just ask in the name of Jesus that you'll just, just give them a peace that comes from on high. And God, may we hear you through them as they are expressing their hearts with these instruments and the talents you've given them. Thank you, God, for allowing us to, to share the gifts you've given these ladies. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
And Miss Donna was able to come and be with us. If you didn't know, she just had major surgery and she said she wanted to come play for us anyway. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians this morning. Again, thank you ladies, that was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Encore, absolutely. Absolutely. Usually I'd say they'd do anything not to hear me, but this time I agree with them. Encore. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to start off reading our passage of scripture this morning. First Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 24. Do you not know that the runners in a stadium all race, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Now, everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. However, they do it to receive a perishable crown. But we, an imperishable one. Therefore, I do not run like one who runs aimlessly or box like one who beats the air. Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Now, turn over to the book of James. In James chapter 1, verse 12. James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is a man who endures trials, because when he passes the test, he will receive the crown of life that has been promised to those who love him. Now, I don't know if everybody realized it, but we are in a race. Every one of us is in a race, and praise God, it's not the kind of race where I have to run real fast. I don't believe I would do very well. I wouldn't have much of a chance of winning that race. But this race still endures, uh, still has things that we need to understand, such as endurance, perseverance, discipline. These are things as Christians that we have been called to do. The truth of it is that the game of life is a race. And God has called us to discipline ourselves, as Stormy shared a few moments ago. We are to open the word of God and, and, and plant that within our lives. I word I hide in my heart so that I might not sin against thee. These are things that we need to have within us to learn the discipline, to bring ourselves in line with what it is God would have us to do. We are playing for a crown, the crown of righteousness, guys, and it's worth playing for. It is a crown that Paul set out and and tells us that this is something that we all should strive to do. We should endure the things of this life, persevere being what God has called us to be, discipline ourselves that regardless of what may transpire in our lives, regardless of what the circumstance may seem, regardless of how dreary your moment in time may seem to you at at that moment, if we are disciplined and if we persevere and we will endure keeping our eyes upon the Lord, we will come out the other side. Amen? Amen? As most of you know, this is Super Bowl Sunday, and I, therefore I, I decided to use some similarities between the football field, which I saw that you did as well, Stormy, kind of throwing that in there. Now, the football game, they are competing for a world championship trophy, but guys, I would present to you that we, as Christians, are playing for the greatest prize of all, and that is a crown of righteousness, We are playing so that one day we can stand before the Lord and hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Here is thy crown of righteousness placed upon thy head. Hallelujah. 
Now to do that, there are certain things that I believe uh, run parallel to what a football team does as well. And one of the things I thought of is that when we run this race, guys, this is a team effort. We are playing for each other as well. It's not just about me and what I can do. I should look beyond myself and look to the Lord and say, God, what can I do for my brother or my sister? One thing you will notice about teams that are that are playing in Super Bowl games that, are, that make it to that level, they don't talk about how great they are as an individual. It's just not going to happen. They won't talk about their personal achievements. They won't talk about their awards. I think the young man that's quarterbacking for the Kansas City Chiefs, it, to be such a young man, is one of the greatest football quarterbacks I've ever seen come to the field. And he's a godly young man. He has all this going on for him. But yet, the last playoff game, at the end of the game, they asked him, how'd you do this? How'd you do that? And they, they were asking about his run, running touchdown and the records that he broke and all this stuff. And he smiled and just said, I couldn't do it without the rest of the team. He said, it's not about me. It's about all the other guys. If he hadn't blocked, I picked up a good block here. I did this, I did that. He was pointing out that it took a team. There is a type of, of code of honor, if you will, that good teams adhere to. And that is that it's not about me as an individual. We're hitting this field as a team. The players, no matter how talented they may seem, understand that they did not make it to the Super Bowl by themselves. I won't mention names, David, but you know your favorite quarterback didn't get there this year. Why? Because he thinks it's all about him. But anyway... I didn't mean to call you out, Dave. Oh, I did. But anyway. (laughs) In all seriousness, guys, the team always comes before the individual. The team always is put first in a Super Bowl-capable team. In a team that makes it to that level, they they didn't have the prima donnas thinking, look how great I am. Look how good I can play. They came together as a team and, and played for their teammates. And together, they were able to do what needed to be done. In a good football team, discord and selfishness will destroy the team. And folks, I would submit to you that in our Christian walk, it is the same thing. God has called us, and, and many of us have come, to, together, come to, to the conclusion we need each other. And we do. We are fighting this battle. Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians that there there is a battle that rages every day. We are to put on the full armor of God. And we are to go out there together and fight together. Our brothers and sisters on this journey in Christ's life is calling us to work together. We're family. Now many of you may be fairly new to the faith or, or do not totally understand why we call each other's brothers and sisters. But in the book of Romans, let me let me share the book of Romans with you real quick. In Romans chapter 8, some of y'all may know where I'm going with this here. But in Romans chapter 8, verse 12, if I can get there. In Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 12, notice what he says here. Well, that's not where I wanted to go. I thought it was 8.12. Oh, wait a minute. Well, I'm in 1 Corinthians. Sorry. Wow. I was like, no, I don't think I'm going to preach on that right now. <laughs> Romans 8.12. So then, brothers, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put together, put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. 
All those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. You hear that? All those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children, and if children also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, seeing that we suffer with him so that we may be also glorified with him. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. As Christians, we live according to the spirit of God. That's what we should adhere to. One of the things I share wherever I go and speak, if I'm speaking about the tragedy that transpired here at all, is that we were adhering to the Spirit of God before. We were a family. And because of that, it was the Spirit of God that sustained us throughout the tragedy. And it's the Spirit of God that lifts us thereafter. It is He is our Heavenly Father, our Abba, our Daddy, if you will, is what Abba really means. He is our Heavenly Father, and we are brothers and sisters in that family. Then why, by all means, why wouldn't we go out of our way to do what it is God calls us to do for our brothers and sisters if we're going to if we're going to play for that crown of righteousness then we need to understand it's a team event that we are all under his sonship his daughtership we are joint heirs to the throne of god we are co-heirs one and another and we can call out father to him so as god's children we have been brought together through the blood of christ so throughout scripture if you, if you, as, as Stormy so eloquently pointed out a while ago, if we will read our scripture and we really look at the stories within, it is our responsibility to reach out to one another. We are not playing a game of life on our own. God did not call anyone out to go and be the lone ranger, the super Christian. Look at that guy. Boy, he can pray better than anybody. God said, no, I just want a relationship. I guarantee you I could walk down here and pick up these bells and it would not sound like they did just a few moments ago. <laughs> That's not my position on the team, thank goodness. I can barely play my CD player in my truck, much less something like this. <laughs> Guys, God's called each one of us to come together as a family. He's called each one of us to come together as brothers and sisters. He's called each one of us and told us we are all part of the body and we all have our own individual thing that we're supposed to accomplish within, within the body. And together we're going to make a team. And as we have that team and Christ is our, our coach, Christ is our lead, we are going to be able to follow him. And praise God, we know the end of the book. When we are a team player, we not only win the Super Bowl of life, if you will, we get a crown of righteousness placed on our head. That should give us confidence every day, regardless of the situation, to be able to hold our head high and through Christ play for one another knowing that I am going to hear one day well done thou good and faithful servant and I'll say it again and again and again that's why it's so important to come to to Sunday school on Sunday mornings to go to our midweek Bible studies because it is there that we can find a place that we can have friendship this is great that we gather on Sunday mornings and God has called us to do such and we should but it's in those smaller groups or in fellowship and eating and drinking coffee and, and opening your heart that you find trust with a brother or a sister. You find friendships with brothers and sisters. You, the ladies right here, I haven't talked to them, but I bet they would agree that traveling from church to church gives them time to come together and fellowship one with another. And as a team, they can play the bells even better because they have friends that they know are godly people. We can do that when we come to those kinds of events and, and, and share with our brothers, share with our sisters what's going on in our life. 
You may have everything going well and then the doctor drops that one bad news and, and your life seems like it's going to crater down. But if you're in that Bible study, you're in that group of people that will come and wrap arms around you and say, you know what, I don't understand, but, but God does and we're going to get through this together and we can shore up one another. I, I was privileged to, do, to officiate a wedding just yesterday and that's one of the things I made sure they understood that each one or the other and sometimes both are going to have hard times. But God said that helpmate is to shore the other one up to keep their eyes on God so that together they can keep their eyes focused where they need to be and they can get through this if they focus. So we need to play as a team effort. Another thing that a professional football team that makes it to the Super Bowl always will tell you is that they have to pay attention to the little things, to the details, back to the basics, if you will. Bear Bryant was notorious for saying, stick to the basics and you'll win the ball game. You got to pay attention to the little things. In the game of football, you have 11 players on offense, you have 11 players on defense, and for every play to be successful, you need all 11 players on your side of the ball to do exactly what they have been trained to do and do it to the best of their ability and do it well, and you're going to win every play. Now, we're human, we can't do that, and that's how you have teams that are better than others. But you've been given a task to do. I remember, to tell you kind of, indelible the imprint is still in my mind way back in the in the days before I was all broken up I kind of lived and breathed football and I still remember all the way back as old as I am now 1979 I played middle linebacker and I still remember this play incredibly well because I played middle linebacker we were playing a team that they had a running back a fullback who was notorious he could vertically jump and he would jump right over his center step on his center and step off the other side and get down the field we knew he did that. And I was a big boy then. And I was like, I, I can't wait for him to do that. And I'm watching. And all week we practiced. We practiced for me to nail that. We had one of our guys who could kind of do it. He would trick it, make things happen. So I would get him. I was so ready. Well, we're in this game. And I see the quarterback turn. I see what's happening. I know what's about to transpire. And I position myself. And I'm ready to nail this guy. And he runs off through another hole on the side over here scored we lost that game by one touchdown and all I could think of is because I didn't pay attention to detail I got so focused on what I thought he was going to do that I was completely out of line with what he really did and normally I, I, I hate to sound arrogant but I was a pretty good middle linebacker that stuff didn't happen but I allowed myself to get so focused on what I thought he was going to do folks I share that story for this reason the key to a great football team is a team that executes their, their plays to the best of their ability every play. As Christians, we are not to get caught up in what we think Satan is going to do. We are not to get caught up even in what we think that Jesus wants to do right here. What we should get caught up in is, God, I am going to go through my everyday basics. And as I do everything that you have called me to do on, on that basic level, I will be where you tell me to be. And when you call that play, I'll be right there. It's the little things that make a difference, guys. In our Christian walk, the things that seem mundane, the things that seem routine, the things that, that may not be the most glamorous are the things that's going to keep you in the fight. They're the things that's going to keep you in the race. I know Raquel could, Raquel could attest to this in boxing. I used to love to box as well. But you have to pay attention. People think, oh, you just get up there and just slug it out. No, that's not it. 
There's a lot of detail in what you're thinking and what's going on in a boxing match. And that's what Paul said. It's like a boxing match. You have to pay attention to those de- details. And folks, let me share with you that as Christians, if you really want to attain that position where you get that crown of righteousness, one of the greatest details that we tend to let slide sometimes that we need to be, pay attention to is our prayer life. We get to a position where you think, oh yeah, I'm all prayered up. You know, I don't need to pray. You know, I prayed a couple of days ago and man, my prayer was good. I told God everything. But the problem was God was trying to tell you something in return. You see, guys, if we are not consistent in our prayer life, we get out of tune. We don't hear exactly what it is God's telling us to do. We may miss some things that are incredibly important. That play that I was talking about, if I had been, you know, one of the things as a middle linebacker, you watch the ball and you watch the numbers on the jersey. You don't presuppose anything. But yet, I had it in my mind, I'm good. I got it going on. I know what he's going to do. If I had played to the basics, I probably could have stopped what had transpired that day. Folks, Satan is not dumb. He knows how to trick us. He knows how to fool us. But God already knows what he's about to do. And oftentimes it's Christ speaking to us, telling you, I need you to do this, this, and this. But yet you're sitting over there going, I got it going on. I got it all figured out. Our prayer life, guys, is where we receive the strength. It's where we receive the encouragement. It's it's the renewing power of God being poured into our lives Every time he speaks to us, when we allow him to reach down into us, if we want our Christian experience to grow and, 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 and to be better and to be what it is God's called us to be, then we have to stop and say, Lord, here I am. Consistently, consistently getting on our knees and saying, God, I am listening every day. Now, you, you can be driving in your car, leave your eyes open, hopefully, but you can be driving, you can be, you can be at work, whatever it may be, but find that time. Say, Lord, here I am. I don't know about you, but the last thing I would want to be is out of tune with whatever it is that God's calling me to do. And how do you stay in tune? Seeking his face. And our devotional life, like Stormy said just a few moments ago, we live in a world right now with a, with an incredible amount of confusing, and deceptive voices. And I'm not just talking about Fox News and CNN. I'm saying all over the place. We are inundated with so many confusing voices telling us what's right and what's not. What should be good and what's not good. People who may have the best of heart but have been tricked to fall one, down one path or another. Saying, oh, well, you're not a Christian if you don't do this or if you don't do that. Folks, the way to get around all that is by putting God's word right here. When his truth is in our minds, when his truth is in our hearts on a regular basis, as we truly seek him out, we will find what it is he wants us to do. But if we choose not to, we are incredibly susceptible to being led astray in our thinking. And sometimes from people standing right here at a pulpit. Sometimes we'll listen to the radio or we'll listen to TV and we'll listen to a pastor, we'll listen to a deacon, we'll listen to this and say, well, he's a pastor, he has to be right. The only one who is always right wrote this book for you and I. Now, I pray and I hope that I never lead you astray. But guys, I'm going to tell you, I'm human. 
If you go, some, somebody asks me, well, what if a, a person goes back and st- looks at your scriptures over 20 years and they see somewhere where you've changed course throughout the time? Are, are you going to be able to handle that? And I looked at, looked at him and I said, praise God, it means I'm growing in the Lord just like we're supposed to. This is what we place our lives on, guys. Not just because a man says something. I had a preacher tell me one time, he said, would you order your food and ask your waiter to chew it up for you before you ate it? I was like, no, that'd be gross. Then why do you expect me to chew this up before you, before you eat it? Amen. Yeah, okay. I understood. I need to start looking at this. I need to read. I need to focus. And guys, another basic that we need to focus on is not just our prayer life. That's incredibly important. It's not just our devotional time studying his word. But what about church attendance? Now, I'm not thinking that God's going to hand out little golden stars to put on your white robe every time you made it to Sunday. I don't think he has that chart hanging up there like you did in elementary school that, that says you made it to school that day. No, that, that's not what I'm talking about. But I do believe that God has called us to joining one with another. The reason church attendance is so important in, in, that, in that pursuit of that crown of righteousness, guys, is because we learn in those places. We get encouraged by our faith with one another. When we see what other people have made it through, we can say, if they can get through this, then so can we. If they were able, if God worked in their lives, maybe he can work in mine. And together we come together and we share our, our mountaintop experiences, but we can also share our, our valley experiences. And between the two, we can see God in both places. And we come together and we can strengthen one another. We need each other. We need to come together. We need to be involved in each other's lives and say, thank you, Jesus. What we do here on Sunday mornings and, and Sunday nights during the week and, and, and the, the, the Bible studies during the weeks, those are incredibly important to build our own vitality, to build us up into what we are supposed to be. It's a great way to stretch ourselves and be able to, to share our witness. You see, the basics that we as Christians need to have for this race, guys, is our prayer life, is our devotional life, is our church attendance, and I would submit to you, it means sharing our witness as well. As well, It means getting out there and, and share the hope that God has given you. Share the, the love that God has placed in your heart. To, to, to share the amazing things that God has placed upon you. The greatest instrument you have. So many folks say, well, I can't go witness to anyone because I don't have an education. I, I, I'm not a theologian. I'm going to leave that to you pastors and deacons because that's just not what I've been called to do. But folks, I, I would say there's a problem there because that's not my strongest point. That's not our strongest weapon. The strongest weapon we have against the enemy is our testimony of what God's done for us. Because if I, you may be educated and I'm educated and we can still disagree on some things. But I can never take away from you what you say God's done for you. I can never take away from you what you tell me God has done in your life. I can never take away from you when you tell me, well, thus saith the Lord in my life and this is what happened. That is your testimony. And when you believe it with your heart, when you believe it with your mind, when you put the two together and you share it with other people, God is standing right there behind you saying, yeah, what she said or what he said, and now I'm going to back it up in your life if you'll look to me. Hallelujah. 
The basics to run the race of Christendom that God has put us into, guys, is is this this staying on our knees in prayer, seeking out his word and hiding it in our hearts so it may be a light onto our path. It means going and joining yourselves together in church attendance. But most of all, taking everything he's shown you through those things and sharing it with other people. It's not just the pastor's job on Sunday morning to preach to folks. It is every one of our job. He said, go ye therefore. He didn't say pastors or deacons. He's speaking to all of us. He said, go ye therefore and make disciples and baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I will be with you to the ends of the earth. He was telling every single one of us, I have given you the tra- the things you need to run this race, to box this match, to stand at the end of glory one day and receive a crown of righteousness. Hallelujah. You know, these boys that are playing on the field tonight in Miami... I think they're playing in Miami, right, David? They're playing in Miami? These boys that are playing in Miami tonight, they are going, whoever wins, whichever side wins, they're going to have a Super Bowl trophy. They're each one going to get a big old gnarly ring they get to wear. They have all this incredible worldly material stuff. But if they don't know Christ, they missed out on the most important and best prize they could ever have. As great and talented as those young men are that are going to be on that field tonight, it still does not measure up to what God is offering you and I. He said, yes, you can have those things on that side of glory. But Paul tells us we are joint heirs to the throne of God. Co-heirs. We can look to our Heavenly Father and say, Abba, Father, I'm fighting this fight. I'm doing what you've called me to do. I am playing for a crown of righteousness. But guys, I would submit to you, at least my opinion, even greater than the crown of righteousness is as he places it on there. Well done, now good and faithful servant. As Christians, we have a much bigger prize that we are playing for. And as James chapter 1 verse 12 said, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Because once he has stood the test, hallelujah, once he has stood the test, he will receive a crown of righteousness that God has promised to those who love him. Hallelujah. The message this morning, guys, is pretty simple. Have you made that decision? Have you made that choice? The crown of life, that is an eternal crown. That is something that is given to us by God. But you have to make a choice. Are you, first of all, are you even on the team? Have you accepted the fact that Jesus Christ, through his spirit, abides and lives within you? If you're here this morning and you've never bent a knee, you've never said, Lord, I am a sinner in need of your grace and I'm asking you now, God, to come into my life. If you are here today, for whatever the reason may be, Whatever it may be, whatever the thought pattern may be, your first time in church, been in church 200 years, I don't care. Coming to church doesn't save you. Have you surrendered your heart to the Lord? If you have not, he stands at the door and knocks. He said, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But any man who believes that I am the son of God and I rose again on the third day, so shall he be saved. And he who professes me before men, so shall I profess before the father. Hallelujah. If you're here this morning and and you have not qualified for that crown yet, you don't have to get out here and run a physical race. 
You don't have to get up here and, and, and box with Raquel over here for, for it. All you have to do is look up and say, Father, here I am. In need of your mercy. In need of your grace. I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me. I repent and I turn my way back to you. And he is faithful and true, it tell, John tells us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. Now, if you're here this morning, you do know him, but you realize you haven't been doing the little things that are needed to successfully finish the race. There's things you've let fall by the wayside. If you've been neglecting the, 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 the more important things, like talking to God consistently, reading your Bible and such, isn't it great we serve a Lord who says, okay, I still love you. I care for you. And because you're coming to me now, I'll make that pathway more available. If you're here this morning, you don't know the Lord, then today's the day to get that right. If you do know Jesus and you realize, I need to start looking out to my brothers and sisters more. I need to reach out and start attending Sunday school. I need to reach out and start attending these midweek Bible services uh, studies. Uh, Pat, I was talking to Pat just this week and he said the, the Wild at Heart Bible study for the men has just been incredible the way it's working in people's lives. Hallelujah. As a pastor, that's what I love to hear. But even better, that's what I love. I know God loves to hear. Because he's working, these men are allowing God to work in their lives. If you have not been a part of these things, you can make that decision to make that different as of today. This altar will be open. I'll pray with you. Just because the bells and the tables are here, you can pray where you're at. You can come to the sides, whatever it may be. But will you open your heart to whatever it is God's laid on your heart to do today? I want you right now to start thinking, not, not about the devil eggs and food that's next door. Put all that to the side. Some of y'all may be thinking who's got 49ers gear to put on, who's got Kansas City gear. Put all that out of your mind and just focus for the next few minutes. Lord, what would you have me to do? He may say, walk across the aisle and hug your brother and tell him you love him. Tell him you forgive him. Maybe he's telling you to walk across the aisle and ask for forgiveness. Or maybe he's telling you to pray for your brothers and sisters that you don't even know are going through trials. But let's not leave out of these doors today without doing something that God has called us to do. Where are you in the Jesus' name today? I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. Father God, I do pray. And thank you this morning, Lord, that you have given us the, the, the ability to be co-heirs to your throne. To be able to say that, that because of who you are, I know who I am. To know that I am a sinner, but yet saved by grace. If there's someone here today, Lord, that cannot say those words... Maybe someone that just does not understand those words that needs to be sit, just sit with a brother or sister and have it explained. May you open their eyes to where to go. May they walk the aisle. May they pray where they're at. Come to this altar. Whatever it is, Lord, but may each one of us individually hear that still small voice so that we don't, do not take our Bible as a, as a relic, as my brother pointed out earlier, but we'll take that as the living word poured into our hearts to help us be what you've called us to be. And not just in church, but any stage you call us to speak on, Lord, by our toolboxes, in our schools, 
in our cars, in our offices, maybe even within our families, we have to stop and remind each other that it is you who's in control, not the doctors or anyone else. You, God, are in control. You are the one on the throne. May we not forget that, and may we pay attention to who you are. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Chris, you want to lead us? About, will you heed the word that he's called you to do?
I pray this morning that if you, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, get that straight. And if you're here today and you say, well, I don't want to walk down there in front of everybody because I've been in church forever and people will talk. Or do, one thing, let me say this. When one comes to know the Lord, the angels in heaven, they re, the, the, God in heaven rejoices. And I believe the angels in heaven rejoice right along with him. And if somebody wants to talk, God will deal with them. You don't have to worry about it. Leave it in God's hands. And if you're here this morning and you're, you're still apprehensive and nervous, we're going to be here all day. What a great day. Stay and get a bowl of uh, a soup or chili or something and we'll sit and we'll talk. But let's not leave out of this place today without speaking to someone about who you are in the, in the kingdom of God. Let's all join together with that team. Amen? Amen? And let's fight for one another. Let's pray. Let's seek the devotions or the word of God in our lives. Let's have, get to church, Bible studies, things of that nature. Share the witness God has given you. And praise God, we'll be on the Super Bowl of life one day. And we'll stand before the Lord. He's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. As he lays that crown of righteousness upon our heads. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's be a team player with the Lord today. Guys, good seeing everybody this morning. Praise the Lord for each one of you. Again, give the Lord glory for the Mary Bells coming with us this morning. Thank you, ladies. Thank you very, very much. I truly appreciate that. That was a a beautiful, beautiful rendition there. So praise God. Good seeing everybody this morning. And keep looking up. Everywhere you go, share the call of Christ. Amen? Amen. Stormy, will you close us in prayer this morning? expected already that she was a member of the church she knows jesus christ she's a member of his church but she's coming this morning and she said god has laid it on her heart to step out in front of everybody and she is proclaiming that she's ready to come and join this family and be a sister in christ amen so everyone according to that say hallelujah all right, amen. Make sure you give her a hug. Let her know it's, it's good to know that she's a, a part of the family here in Sutherland Springs. However, we already talked about she's going to be uh, later on teaching the kids some boxing things and everything. If you didn't know, so be nice to her when you come up to her. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm not about the boxing, actually. But, but guys, give her a hug. Let her know it's great to see her in, in, in your family. Amen? amen? You're dismissed, guys. Please stay for the Super Bowl party today. Oh, vacation Bible school meeting. Almost forgot. Immediately follow, go over to the, in here or next door? Next door. Go next door and vacation Bible school meeting. Thank you. I'm going to take some places. One, two, three, four, one.